I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, let's go, Big Blue Nation. Giants fans alike, it's New York Training Camp Live coming to you once again here from my face, my house. It's Sean Morash, a.k.a. Moraz, where you can follow me on Twitter, at CBS every Monday and Friday, exclusively on the Odyssey app. If you're here, you have the Odyssey app, which is great news. Subscribe to WFAN. Obviously, there we get all of WFAN's live programming, and plus some now exclusive Odyssey content. I do host a weekly podcast here on Odyssey and on WFAN.com called G-Wiz, but this is a little separate venture, a little sister, maybe a cousin. The G Wiz. It's New York Training Camp Live every Monday and Friday, 2.30 to 3 p.m. Eastern, taking you right through Labor Day. The end of those training camp cuts as we prepare you for week one with the Denver Broncos. I'm excited. We have another week to go until we're fully previewing a preseason game. We are eight days away, that's right, from the Giants and Jets and their annual tussle at MetLife, although no longer that old week three of the four-week preseason. They're going to get this game in in week one of the preseason. I am jacked for that. But there's so much to talk to. You know, when I was asked to do training camp live by the bosses, hey, Merez, think this would be a good fit. You're a Giants guy. Let's do some training camp shows. Let's do training camp live. I said, all right, half an hour, twice a week. Make this work. There's always, you know, interesting camp battles we could break down. Never in a million years that I think the New York Giants, a team that, let's face it, prior to Joe Judge coming here for the last three years at least, at least since 2017, had become a very boring football team, right? The Pat Shermer Giants were were boring. There was nothing to them, not even excitement of wins. But here are the Giants, and boy, is there a lot going on. They are arguably one of the biggest national stories as far as training camp, day in and day out. Here you are thinking, all right, Saints, Taysom Hill, Jason, Jameis Winston, quarterback uh, battle, Aaron Rodgers, he reports to Packer camp. We've got a lot of focus on that. But here we are. It's the New York Giants. It seems like every day there's news. And since we last did training camp live on Monday, I mean, how much more has gone down? It's incredible. So if this is your first time listening to New York training camp live, we like to do something very unoriginal called the good, the bad, and the ugly, where whether it's from today, whether it's from the week, whether it's from the last time we joined you, good news for the Giants, bad news for the Giants, ugly news for the Giants. We're trying to really... I guess, uh, what would we say, really restrict the ugly news, right? The, the less ugly news, the better. But, of course, there's always going to be ugly news. All right, so let's start off with good news. The good news 
for the New York Giants. I think if we're being honest, the good news is going to also be bad news in many ways, but I am interpreting it as good news. The good news for the New York Giants is that Kenny Galladay's hamstring injury that he tweaked, tweaked a little hamstring, and obviously this is a guy who we have to hold our breath, has been banged up a bunch in Detroit. When you pay him a lot of money, you're obviously hoping that he stays healthy. But all right, here we go. First training camp, tweaks a hamstring, pulls up lame on the hamstring, and you cringe. You go, oh, no, no, no. We can't have Kenny Galladay hurt if he's having a hamstring. You know, visions of Odell Beckham's rookie year dance in my head. But we find out, I think it was Zach Rosenblatt had reported it, two to three week injury. And really, when you think about it, the Giants had two to three weeks with this Kenny Galladay injury. You have to factor in that that probably means the two to three weeks is included with them being overly cautious. So this is good news. This isn't a serious injury. Kenny Galladay, by all signs, ain't missing a single snap in the regular season because of this. Does it stink that he's going to miss getting reps from, with Daniel Jones? And there was some kind of, I guess, people questioning their chemistry early in camp. Of course it does. But you know what? Kenny Galladay is a legit number one receiver. He's a legit top 25 receiver at worst in this league. He's going to figure this out just fine. And when he is healthy, you're telling me that him and Daniel Jones won't put in the extra time? Of course they will. So when you see Kenny Galladay get hurt earlier in the week, as some of you Giant fans did, or again, this is New York Training Camp Live, hosted by Sean Morash on Twitter, at CBS, where you can find me. When you hear Kenny Galladay get hurt, you've got to be cringing, going, oh, well, here we go. Starting trio on opening day, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and Kadarius Toney. We're not going to have that big play weapon that we signed. But it appears that that won't be a problem, that we are going to be just fine. And Kenny Galladay is going to be back for the regular season. Remember, we're still four and a half, five weeks away from the regular season starting. Could even be four now. I might even be losing count. Doesn't matter. All I know is the two to three weeks will give Kenny Galladay plenty of time to get back. And the Giants should be cautious, by the way. Be cautious. There is no reason to see Kenny Galladay play in the preseason. I know we are chopping at the bit to see Daniel Jones throw a pass to Kenny Galladay. But do you really need to see that versus the Cleveland Browns in week two of the preseason? Do you need to see it versus the New England Patriots in week three? Or, I mean, we've waited this long to see a number one wide receiver, a true number one X wide receiver. I think we can hold out, folks, until we get to that Denver Bronco game on opening day. And that's pretty much where we're at. And, and, and that's okay. So that's numero uno. Good news. Good news. Kenny Galladay only out two to three weeks. Here's the bad news. Lavoine Toilolo, out for the year, torn Achilles. Now, I do not want to discredit an injury here. That is, honestly, I, I would never put this as good news. The reason this isn't ugly news is, well, if we're being honest, tight end was a bit of a numbers game. Did the Giants need to carry four tight ends this year? Did they need that? Was four tight ends a priority when you look around at some of the other names that you may have shaved off this roster? You know, whether it's an extra inside linebacker and a TJ Brown, whether it's an extra offensive lineman, whether it's uh, David Sills making the team a wide receiver who seems to be turning heads. You know, go down the list, whether it's keeping both John Ross and Dante Pettis. Did they need four tight ends? And they would have had to because Evan Ingram's going to be on this team. Kyle Rudolph's going to be on this team. We don't know when we're seeing Kyle Rudolph, but he'll be on this team. And we can't cut Caden Smith. Caden Smith, that perfect underneath soft hands guy who can absolutely block, runs a lot of great, you know, power blocking 
whole opening sets, however you want to describe it as we try to dumb this down here. So, and they gave guaranteed money to Toy Lolo, who they also gave guaranteed money before they signed Kyle Ruoff and knew they would. And, I mean, whether they ever actually got close or not, who knows? There were rumors all offseason. Does Evan Ingram get moved around, you know, the trade deadline? So I understood wanting to make sure you at least had the blocking aspect of the tight end position taken care of, especially when you've invested so much in the run with Saquon Barkley, especially when the offensive line still remains a question mark. You hope a lot of those questions become answers this year. So I understood scaling it back and giving them a little guaranteed money. And that's why this is bad news, because you do have money on the cap. Bad, it just adds up. And Toy Lolo being lost for the year adds up. It's not ugly news, because I don't think the team is really worse off on the field because of it. Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, and Caden Smith, if they are healthy, and now, of course, one of them, if not two of them, are going to miss games. So you'll need to find that fourth tight end, and maybe you stash somebody on the practice squad. Or oh, is it Tommy Davis, the former Mississippi State quarterback, brought in play a little tight end? Maybe that's somebody you stash on a practice squad. Yeah, you're going to need that fourth tight end at some point, but you need to lock into the four guys as we knew them. So bad news for Toy Lolo, bad news for the guaranteed money, but not worst-case scenario for the Giants by any means. Not worst case. But, again, we're in a situation where you dodge a bullet with Kenny Galladay having a serious injury. Shane Lemieux basically already on the practice field. You dodge the bullet with that being any sort of bad news or worst-case news. So, unfortunately, the name of the game with football is you have to be concerned or at least have your eyebrow raised and understand that you're going to probably get a season-ender, right? Like, every team deals with a season-ender. I mean, it could be worse. It could be the Rams where you lose Cam Akers for the year. And if the Giants can somehow, someway, and we hope it's not, we hope is the only one, Come out of training camp where the only guy lost for the season was Levine Toilolo. I mean, that's yeah, – win is the wrong word, but if we're being real, as real as possible, we know that that's, that's a win. Is it not? Is it not a win to have him as the only one obviously lost for the year? I would think it is. I would think it is. So that's where we're at with that. Now, the ugly news. All right, the ugly news. Is this bottom-out, worst-case scenario ugly news? No, but it's ugly news enough that I kind of held my breath and said, wait, what? And that was the report out of NFL Network this morning, Ian Rappaport. Again, New York Training Camp Live coming to you on this Friday afternoon, August 6th, the year 2021. Sean Moore as your host, again on Twitter, at CBS. How about Saquon Barkley and the news that Hey, Giants shooting to make sure he's back week three. Doesn't mean week one is ruled out, but week three, we, we should expect him back. And ho- whoa, hold the car over here for a second. Excuse me? Excuse me? What do you mean our hope is for week three? Saquon Barkley, for all the modern technology, modern medicine, and I know everybody's different. We're looking at almost a full 12 months. It's at least 11 months since he tore that ACL. He has posted Instagram video after Instagram video of frankly doing things that many of us, including myself, could never dream of doing with zero injuries on his legs. We have seen him at Giants practice, not off the pup list, 
but behind, and he was getting closer to, apparently reports where he's getting closer to the line of scrimmage, mimicking the play calls. I mean, he's running with burst, with fury, with passion. He looks like he's cutting on a dime, no problem. And the report today is he should be back by week three. I'd hope he's back by week three, but he should be in uniform week one. And if they want to take it easy with him, limit the workload the first two weeks, I think that's understandable and expected. You don't want to obviously run him into the ground. I think that's totally, totally noticeable. I mean, I don't know. Saquon Barkley, if week three is the real goal here for the Giants, and maybe they're just trying not to set expectations too, I, I do consider that ugly news. Because we should be ahead of schedule like that. Like, it shouldn't even be a question that he's ready for week one. It shouldn't be. So that that has to be my ugly news. Some other notable notes. Uh, I'm looking at Jordan Renan's Twitter here. So the first snap of practice, the outside linebackers today, Aziz Ojulari and Nico Lalos. Remember Nico Lalos made a name? He was fun, go lucky. Look, when I looked up and down at the Giants' 90-man roster and I tried to come up with a 53, there was not one scenario, not one, where I had Nico Lalos making the football team. And it's nothing against him. I hope he has a nice career. I mean, if he turns into something, I'm fine for the Giants. That's great. But uh, uh, what? I mean, this is a team that should have Lorenzo Carter, Aziz Ojulari. This should obviously have a Fetty. I'm going to struggle with Fetty's name all year. We're going to be honest, folks. This could be a Mad Dog Russo situation. Aden owning Bego. I'm going to give up. Somebody's going to clip that. It's going to be bad on me. I'm just going to keep calling him Ofedi. He left practice today. And obviously, O'Shane still isn't practicing. Zimenez. I can't believe how embarrassing this is. I have been so good with Giants. I mean, I knew members of the New York Giants names properly when I was a kid. Before I knew my own family members' names. Like, I couldn't even say my sister, uh, I should say, one of my aunt's names. And I'm basically uttering the words Tyrone Wheatley. So for me not to be able to say a Fetty's last name, it's embarrassing. It's frankly embarrassing. Especially as the host here of New York Training Camp Live. But Nico Lalos is getting first-team practice snaps and outside linebacker at the edge? Yeah, that does seem like it should be a bigger, bigger concern. The winner of uh, Friday's practice seemed to be Rodarius Williams, our brother of Greedy Williams. Dory Jackson trying to limit his workload a little bit. He had first-team reps. Apparently, he looked insane. He, he tipped the ball that Jabril Peppers intercepted. He got his own INT later on. This is a guy surprising and turning heads in a deep room. The Giants' cornerback room is loaded in this training camp. Is it not? Is it not? Right? When you think of a Dory Jackson, you think of James Bradbury, my New Jersey purchase, if you watch the DA show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. till uh, 6 a.m. till uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. I revealed that actually today on Friday's show. I got a James Bradbury jersey. But those two guys, Darnay Holmes, Aaron Robinson, I mean, that's a deep cornerback room. Is there going to be room for Rodarius Williams? Late pick, but apparently he's surprising. I'll take it. Look, any corner depth is better than no corner depth. And he's got to be better than a Corey Ballantyne would be or a Michael Coe would be, right? He has to be. So good sign for that. Now, we've done the good, the bad, and, bad, and the ugly. We have to hit on a couple. Beyond that, the major national stories this week from the New York Giants. First of all, let's address the Jason Garrett. I think that's, that's only right. We will address what happened with Jason Garrett, Pat Leonard's original report, since retracted. I have to say, I am stunned 
stunned at the amount of Giants fans coming to the defense of Jason Garrett. I even had somebody in my DMs today arguing me, well, why are you so offended by Jason Garrett? I'm not offended by Jason Garrett. I'm offended by his offense because I think he's a terrible play caller. You want to tell me I'm offended by that? I'm offended by that. Jason Garrett at his podium press conference on Thursday. He goes through the spiel, gives everybody what they need to hear. In a seemingly friendly manner, hey, nice to see you guys. And many of the reporters probably just scribbling in and and taking care of the last of what they just had from Garrett don't really give him a response. Okay, so that's kind of rude on the reporter's sake, right? He then reiterates, hey, nice to see you guys. And now at this point you get a, oh, nice to see you. Heard the word Jason. Nice to see you, Jason. Good being around you again. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And his response, and the real key here is not hearing the audio. It's actually looking at the video with this smug, non-laughter face. Guys, it's nice to see a coach. That's how it's done around here. Now, the original report before any video and audio was out was that Jason Garrett was demanding the reporters call him coach. That is clearly misinterpreted and clearly not what happened. I understand that. So because that was the initial report, I think that made people rush to defend Jason Garrett and say, well, he's not saying they have to call him coach. They're not answering him. He's saying this out done. Let's you know, be polite back and forth. He was joking around. People, He's joking around. Oh, Jason Garrett is suddenly George Carlin up there at the Apollo. No, he wasn't joking around. He might have had good intentions, but that was a parent or a teacher trying to teach a kid a lesson. He's trying to teach grown adult reporters, hey, this is a lesson in manners, guys. It's nice to see a coach. And he, he, whether you want to say he's telling them to call him coach or not, it's another story. He didn't say the words, hey, you guys call me coach, you don't call me Jason. He didn't do the Deion Sanders, but he still made a point of saying it's nice to see a coach. He didn't say, hey, guys, it's nice to see you, Jason. Come on, that's how we do it around here. Why should any reporter have to call him coach? And the fact that you could argue his intentions, the fact that even came out of his mouth and he didn't laugh, he had that smug, you-know-what-eating grin on, tells you the ego in Jason Garrett. He's a coach that expects to be called coach. He's not the head coach of this football team. It's Joe Judge. Here's an idea, Jason. Before you try to teach any reporter a lesson in manners, Try to spin it like you're joking in a lesson of manners and try to come off with just uttering the word coach and thinking people are going to call you coach. How about you don't have the 31st ranked offensive football? That's an idea. I bet we'll give you a little respect when this offense with all the weapons we have this year actually scores a ton of points because forgive me if I'm not a bit hesitant and wondering how good Jason Garrett's offense is going to be. And forgive me if I don't think that Jason Garrett potentially actually could be the biggest problem for this football team this year. I don't need Jason Garrett lectures, and frankly, none of the reporters there should either. They don't need them. They don't deserve them. And they shouldn't need basically anybody telling them that. But the amount of, I mean, can Giant fans, and I know many of you listening here on the Odyssey app, and have tweeted me at Morass CBS, Giant fans, you're defending this? You're defending this guy? Why? Because you dislike Pat Leonard as your as a Giant reporter so much that you need to defend anybody against him? He was being a smug jerk. That's what he was being. He was being a jerk. Even if the initial report of his intentions was wrong, the end result was he was still being a smug jerk. And that doesn't mean Tommy D, who tweeted at me, 
that I'm offended by Jason Garrettson. I'm not offended. You can be annoyed by something and not offended. I'm calling out a, a jerk move when I see one. And that's what Jason Garrett was being. It, it was smug, and there was no place for it. It's nice to see a coach. That's that's how we do things around here, guys. Come on. Come on. If that is your version of comedy, like at the best case scenario, he really sincerely was joking around. Doesn't say more about Jason Garrett and his inability to have any humorous bone in his body that people could immediately think he's not joking and laugh. And also, and I love so many of the Giants beat reporters. I do. So I'm not going to name any names. And I saw everyone have their own tact and their own spin, many of which kind of defending the end result of Jason Garrett and what he said and everything that came with it. And for all of the Giant fans to point to, well, look, these reporters who were there saying it. Let's, can we just lay the cards on the table and be honest about something? The reporters there have a job to do, and there are going to be many a time, and there have been many a time, especially with this team being dog food for a few years, with high expectations now for this year. There have been many a time where you can absolutely crush a player, crush a, crush a coach, where the time is there, and a coach is going to have to sit there and take it, and maybe you get cut off from having any good leak come your way or any good story coming your way. For these reporters, the bone to pick in camp is not calling out Jason Garrett for being a jerk because you do that on August 6th and August 5th. Well, how do you expect to make it to October with anybody in the Giants, you know, basically coming to you in favor with a decent story? They got a job to do, and I understand that. We could be honest about that. We could be honest. So, I, you know, beat reporters not being overly critical and coming to the defense a bit of Jason Garrett after this shouldn't really surprise anybody. That doesn't mean it's the magic pixie dust if Garrett wasn't being a jerk. He was. Oh, he was. There's no doubt. And Jason Garrett, look, a lot of people say he's a really nice guy. I've had a couple limited engagements with Jason Garrett, let's say, at places where you wouldn't do reporting, I guess would be the best case scenario. You know, public settings, gatherings, if you will, of the football world. And my impressions of Jason Garrett have been kind of, eh, I... I don't know that he'd give this shirt off your back for you. Maybe he would for others. And maybe that's a that's an unfair reading, but I just kind of, eh, I could see him being smug and arrogant and doing exactly what he did, and he did. But people rushed and couldn't wait to defend him. So that's it on Jason Garrett. Now, the other part of this, and, you know, could we get to the brawl? I guess we get to the brawl, but that probably ties hand in hand with what I'm about to say. Another giant veteran that is not a starter has retired, making for this training camp by August 6th, and that being guard Zach Fulton. Well, I think we all were semi-excited about because he provided veteran depth when they signed him. And then, of course, we had Joe Looney a couple days ago, who we were even more excited about than Zach Fulton coming over from that Cowboy system. We obviously had Todd Davis, who we barely knew him, barely counted on, so it's hard to count him. He comes in for one day. One day later, he retires. And, of course, we had Kelvin the Fat Benjamin, who decided he was going to do what? He was going to gain three pounds instead of losing 11 or 14 or whatever the heck the number was. All right. Each of these things can be considered individually. And I do think the Kelvin Benjamin instance is being grouped in here with the other three. And that's not fair. Kelvin Benjamin had to have an example made of him. Didn't take anything seriously. Here's what I don't like. You hear the same comments about these three retirees. Todd Davis, Joe Looney, now Zach Fulton. And the comments relate from either, hey, 
you know, family related. These guys want to go back home. All right. Three guys have family issues. They need to go back home. I mean, forgive me if I'm a little suspicious. We heard this with Joe Looney, and I think we're hearing a little bit of the same now with Zach Fulton, and that was body just couldn't handle it, wanted to be a pro, come in and take it. Well, what do you mean your body couldn't handle it? These are rookies. They're also not 40. You know, it's about 31 years old, something like that. And maybe their body can't help, but can't handle what? We're just settling for the answer of your body can't handle it. And that's their prerogative. They want to retire and think they can't take it. That's fine. But we've only just started hitting. And what you've seen is the Giants do run a very, you know, hard-assed approach camp with Joe Judge. I mean, he after a fight, he is making guys run wind sprints and push-ups. But, I mean, is that the hardest thing to do? He's just trying to show accountability. And by all, by all accounts, if you follow training camp, Joe Judge has actually done the opposite of what people think about, like, running him into the ground. He is, now it's gone public knowledge, they've started with red zone more than a lot of the other stuff because he wants guys getting their sea legs under them to handle this. So he's, you know, starting with a shorter field, shorter run, stuff like that. And I think that's a pretty uh, I don't know, smart approach. It's a, it's absolutely a smart approach. So I think Joe Judge is running a little bit of a tough camp, but it's not all tough. It's not like you go there and you're just being drilled in like a drill sergeant. But what? You have to run a couple laps. You have to through this. So what is it your body able to handle? I, that that would be my question. I'm sorry if I become a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit concerned, a tiny bit concerned about Joe Judge. And just from this stance, I like Joe Judge a lot. I border on I love Joe Judge. I love coming off Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer that we basically have the polar opposite. And I love that Judge isn't a carbon copy of Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. This is who he is. He is that type of guy, but he's not trying to be those guys. He is being Joe Judge. With all of that being said, you are seeing veterans who have combined been in a ton of training camps. A ton. Zach Fulton with the Chiefs and Texans. Joe Looney with the Dallas Cowboys. Todd Davis, Broncos, Vikings. These guys have seen camp. And they show up to Giants camp and all, for whatever excuse after another, all happen to hang it up and say they're retiring. Now, none of them are expected to be starters. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe they get there, realize, if I'm not starting, do I want to put this work into my body? And maybe that, maybe there's a sense of laziness there. Maybe there is. I don't need this. I'm not going to be a starter. But the Giants have a very soft schedule to open the season. I know people have set lower expectations. Go one and three, go two, four. No, 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 no. They open up with a Denver Bronco team. They're better than. In week two, they play a Washington football team that they sweep every year. And what, was one game better than them last year because they have to sweep the Cowboys? And because Evan Ingram dropped the pass versus Philly? I still think the Giants are better than the Washington football team. I do believe that. They play the Atlanta Falcons, a team they're better than. And then in week four, they play the New Orleans Saints, which the Saints should be competitive, should be a good team. Playing New Orleans is never easy, but it's Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill at quarterback. The Giants can't get off to a slow start this year because then guys in that room who have put in this work, done the push-ups, done this, that, and the other thing. At what point do they start tuning out? At what point? Honestly. You need to win games and win games early if you're going to run this hard a camp, and it's a hard enough camp that people are retiring. And stop making excuses for why they're retiring and telling me it has nothing to do with the hard practices. Because if your body can't handle it, it has something to do. Something to do with it.
It does. There's no way around it. There's no way the Giants have this many retiring veterans at the beginning of August, and it's simply coincidental. Everybody's got a family issue, and maybe, maybe they do. And maybe one's an outlet. Maybe Todd Davis really does. Maybe Joe Looney really does. Maybe. But when there's a pattern, when there's cheese, you got to find the mouse. And I'm not blaming Joe Judge for running a hard camp, so make sure we get that straight. Again, I, I appreciate a hard camp. What I am saying is if, if it's this difficult for veter- some veterans to get through, like it ain't for everybody, and that's cool, and I would rather have tough football players on this giant team instead of you know some of the soft stuff we've seen over the last couple of years. I would rather weed out the weakness now. I would rather that. But wins still have to come as a result, or this would end ugly for Joe Judge. And I think wins will come. I do. I think wins will absolutely come. But it is something worth noting, and it's certainly, you can't just brush it under the rug and say it's nothing. And I think that's important. I think that's an important lesson to take away when debating with your Giant fans, friends and family this weekend by the pool, on the beach, talking camp, talking about these retired players. You can't just say it's nothing. It's at the very least a little something. All right, again, my Twitter handle is at MrazCBS, M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. Sean Morris is my name. Look, if you're a WFAN listener normally, whether it's on the app or obviously on your radio, 101.9 FM, 660 AM, you're going to get a lot of me coming up on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern. This Sunday, I will be on the fan, 6 to 10 p.m. next next Sunday on the fan. The Sunday after uh, following Giants football versus the Cleveland Browns, that's 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern. I'll be recapping all that on the fan. And then, of course, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern, heading into that third preseason game with the New England Patriots and the pregame coverage on the fan that day as well. So you're going to get plenty of me on WFAN coming up. And remember to download GWiz, the New York Giants weekly podcast. Subscribe there. We drop it every Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on the news cycle. New York Giants GWiz weekly podcast. For training camp live for this Friday, August 6, 2021 concludes now. Stay true blue, everybody. Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB At-Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's gonna go. Alvarez ties the game. 
Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.